The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 87 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands and welcome to episode 87 of The Catholics of Oz. It's been a while and we have another excuse and we'll go through that in a moment. So we're so sorry. I feel like we've done this. I feel like we've done this a few times this year. But before oh, we go... It's been a tough one. Yes, before we get into confession apology mode, um, let me introduce, uh, reintroduce who's here with you. First of all, Caroline Knight. Welcome back to the Catholics of Oz. It has been Thank you. a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's so know. good to have you. How are you? I didn't intend to be away so long, but yeah. um, yes, I'm I am good. I am well, thank you. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I mean, now. like, I mean, this is, it's been that long since the listeners have, you know, have heard your voice, but I, I saw you yesterday. Yeah. I've seen you a couple of times since, but. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. But um, yeah, it's yes. been a while. And returning again, Lido Sabol, we, I think we missed. Uh, an episode with you. That's right. Yes, the last one. But Lido, welcome back. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. I'm good. It's good to be back. Yeah, all of us seem to get colds and coughs. It, oh, gosh. It's and worse. Crazy. Winter, but yeah. win- I've always said winter is not my friend, and this year it's really, it's really been, not yeah. been my friend. Right. It's it been terrible. Been. I yeah. totally agree. We do yeah. our seasons once again. I've just gone off the, off the rails. Yeah. With yeah. spring, spring has been uh, spring, springy. Yeah. But it's so changed, guys. But it's good to be back, and also I'd like to get a shout out to um Jerry for um, um popping in and with Absolutely. you, Lindsay. It's been yes. great. Yes, I, big I thanks admit, to Jerry. I need to listen to you guys soon, very very soon. But I've got a big excuse to listen to you guys because. I've got 50 shelves of grey of um, painting Warhammer, so that'll be great to listen to you. And no do excuse for not listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely now, now. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. pass the time by listening to me and Jerry. And also, uh, I might mention as well, speaking of passing the time, last episode, uh, episode 86, which was which would have been yes. about four weeks ago now, uh, mm. I recorded oh, with wow. Don yeah. Mettinelli, the CEO of StarQuest. That's right. Thanks, Don. Yep. Covered and, us uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the episode went for about two hours. But, uh, the, uh, and, yeah, and the reason wow. for that is because the, uh, the network has grown so much. There is so mm. much more content since the last time he was on, our, on a podcast with us. And, uh, and you know, I, I personally wanted to make sure that each show, you know, got its due and got a good mention because they're all high quality shows that deserve, yeah. a, you know, a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of praise. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we had a chat for about two hours, but I want to thank Dom for, um, for being part of the show, um, spending <laughs> yes, two hours you, with Dom. me talking about the network and going through <laughs> it. Um, and as always, we appreciate his dedication to SQPN and his support of the Catholics of Oz. We, we, um, we're just, uh, so pleased that, um, we have a platform to share, our Australian Catholic voice with, you know, with some other people in Australia and around the world too. But let's get definitely to some confessions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so why didn't we have an episode last, uh, you know, two weeks ago? Why was like episode we really did anything being, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah, we didn't actually do anything uh, wrong. It's, let's just say things happen to us. So, Lino, you've been quite sick. You've been, uh, you had a, you had was, a cold that took a long time to shake it off. It was horrible, guys. Yeah. I, I did my COVID test. It wasn't a COVID. It was just a really bad cough. Mm. And um, I, never, I thought, yeah, eh, cough and cold. I can take this for two or three days. No, it went no. for a week. Mm. 
went to work for a couple of days, started again. It's mm. like, oh, then um, after that, it was okay. It was okay. Um, and of course, I would like to mention um, Marilyn and um, Jamie's wedding. I was still sort of recovering, but yes, I was okay. Yes, you were still a bit out of it at the wedding, I remember. I, yeah. I was just like, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, we're doing this. It was something I've never had before. I was like, yeah. whoa, okay, whoa. But I, I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you healthy and back on deck. And uh, speaking yeah. of, speaking yeah. of um, COVID tests, Caroline, so <laughs> oh, Caroline and I, independently of each other, I should say, wow. we both contracted yeah. COVID again. And I, I now I, so let me, let, let me put it this way, right? So uh, this was your second time, Caroline. This was my third yeah. time, right? So I, yeah. uh, we both had the, the lovely Omicron variant in January this year. Uh, yeah. I had. Well, I, we assume. Yeah. 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 Well, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to assume that I had the Omicron variant again in about it was uh, June. Yeah, it would have been June, end of June this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I didn't get Ooh. as sick. I got Ooh. a bit tired, but I didn't get as sick. So I, you know, I must have been ready for it. So yeah, whatever we got this time, must, yeah. uh, maybe it's the, I think the XBB wow. variant of Omicron is the one that's, that was um, peaking in Victoria the at the moment. The one that's really mixed up yeah. and mutated. So, and- yes. Yeah. It's a, like a COVID soup, um, which you don't want to have. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That makes it sound worse. Uh, yeah. But in, uh, yeah. in Australia at the moment, uh, and I think there are other parts of the world, there's a, a variant that emerged apparently from Singapore, the XBB variant, which- um, Apparently, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's, a, there's a, another lovely wave happening here right now, which is supposed to peak hopefully by the end of this month that'd be great um, apparently yeah. they reckon we're in the middle of it and it should yeah. go downwards start peaking downwards so. yes but you and I both Ooh. got quite sick again mm. and before and- that Lena, I have to sympathize with you because I had similar cold I started yeah. from about the end of July the kids were bringing me and this is really why I couldn't participate in the show because yeah. I ended up getting like a laryngitis totally. a sinusitis totally my, oh my, my voice went for weeks like and I'm still healing mm. from it then I got the COVID with Lindsay oh. yes. and we were about to podcast yes, and we both right. felt ill that like the, the, the day before and we're like we, we are so sick like yeah. it really <laughs> hit us badly it was a bad variant I'm yeah, telling you I'm great. still so lethargic from it it yeah. is wow. just a bad one I'm sorry to go on about COVID but it is no, not my yes. friend <laughs> no, no, it is definitely do not, not enjoy um, not. getting these bugs but yeah so yes. oh, and, and if anything wow. to bring it up not just to make pathetic excuses for not podcasting no. but also for, no. <laughs> um, it, but also oh, oh. also to sympathise and say that we're with you anyone else who um, yes. has gone through it recently definitely. or is going through it now yeah. uh, we are yeah. here with you alright we understand and, um, yeah. and if we you feel are it. feeling ill we feel your pain if you're feeling the effects of recently being ill from it we you know yeah. um we're praying for you to to recover and yeah. get back to normal as get soon as possible lots of which rest, is, drink yeah. lots of fluid to be kind to yourself because it yes. doesn't go away as quickly as you no. want it to so yeah. just relax it does yeah. it does <laughs> definitely yeah. definitely takes its sweet time anyway. yeah. Ooh, ouch oh, so wow. uh yeah look with that out of the way but thank god we're here <laughs> and we're here yeah now we're back podcasting yeah yeah and uh, Lita mentioned it before I don't know if we so we'd mentioned before it happened but not after um we hadn't had a chance to but we went to Marilyn's wedding um, yes we did gosh when was it again it was a while I was still not oh, quite my well myself me. I had yeah. to push that week I yeah. really wow, did it okay. was yes, hard yes you did darling that was, yeah, you but did, it was Caroline. such a yeah. beautiful wedding so Marilyn yeah. is yours Lindsay and my baby sister our little sister yeah and she 
got married to her husband, Jamie. Woo-hoo. And this was on the 20th of October. Yeah. 20th of October? Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's wow. a month it's a ago month now ago. at yeah. time of <laughs> recording. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful wedding. We had yeah, such yes, a was. lovely day. We all it got was. dressed up mm. and, yeah, it was such a lovely, beautiful wedding. Couldn't have been better. We were and so I, happy. And I definitely, want to make it officially definitely. recorded now that I saved the wedding. I want to put that out there. How's it? Oh, yes. Oh, so, my father I if, Michael. Yes. I don't oh, remember. yes. That's yeah. right. Okay. Father, he father did. Michael, who we Michael. love. He he was our parish father priest. Father Michael Shadbolt. Yeah, Shadbolt. Yeah. Shadbolt. Yes. Two priests ago, yeah, he was our parish priest. Um, mm-hmm. and, who, um, and he retired. He'd been our parish priest for 20 odd years. A very long time. Um, yeah. And he, uh, so the reason why, from my understanding, that Marilyn asked him to do it is because he had been involved in our family. He'd, you know, he'd done my That's wedding, right. Carolyn, he'd done your wedding to Phil. Yes. Yeah. All Lido, he'd done your wedding. You know, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like, yes. Yeah. We're not even related. Lido, yes, he did your wedding too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's, <laughs> but that's how involved. Reconciliations, yeah, yeah. confirmations. All of our kids, uh, a lot of our kids' sacraments, yeah. a lot of those things. Baptized. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He did our Nana's funeral, Caroline, with with a whole lot of other parents. Celebrated with a lot of um, other Maltese priests. So anyway, the thing is, this guy has been in our family for a long, long, long time. He's like our grandfather. He's really. like a grandfather, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so Marilyn asked him to do the wedding, and he, you know, he graciously accepted. He was he was a bit worried because he was saying to her, "I'm a bit rusty. He hadn't done <laughs> he hadn't done weddings since before COVID, because um, you know yeah. he's retired and everything. So yeah, you know, so he had to get himself back. He into He was so the, happy to do it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could see he was having a ball. Um, except was. at one moment. <laughs> during, during the mass, yeah. um, so uh, Father so Michael to the time did, did the think. gospel. He preached the yeah. homily. Everything was going smoothly, and then he said, "Now let's have the prayers of the faithful." And, I was <laughs> and like, we're like, "What?" Like, huh? what? what? Uh-huh. So yeah. prayers of the faithful happened, and I'm like. Uh, maybe he's going to do it now. And he goes, "All right, let's have the offertory." I was like, "Okay." In my head, okay. I was like, "It's confirmed." <laughs> He he forgot to do the the marriage rites. The, the he forgot to marriage. marry them. Yeah, that's yeah, the whole reason we're there. And I think what happened is he just wanted to. He went into mass mode and just started. Yeah, just yeah. carried on with the mass. So now I was one of the groomsmen sitting in the front row. So thankfully I wasn't enough to walk from far. Yeah. So I just walked up to him with my back to everyone else, and I I said in his ear, I said, "You haven't done the wedding rite yet." And he looked at me and goes, "What?" I said, "You haven't married him." And he goes, "I haven't married them." And now, now, mom, now our mother and our brother Caroline Paul were coming up with the gifts, and he goes, "Stop, stop!" He goes, "Go, go, back, go, back. go back." He goes, "I haven't married them yet." So yeah. anyway, so and you know what? It's uh, it's it's. His personality is such that you wouldn't put something like that past him, and you know, no, and, and like, no, and the thing is, though, he still had fun with it, and it was, you know, he, you know, uh, we it was still fun, it. and yeah, um, and he made sure I did my job as dress fluffer for yeah, my sister. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yes. Now you come and carry the, the dress, Carol, like the tail, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, trend, the bridesmaid. So the I had train, to go yeah. and make sure the, the dress was yes. nice and and set up yeah. each time our sister moves. <laughs> Marilyn yeah. sat yeah. down, yeah. Yeah, but we're so grateful, and I'm, I made sure in my speech to yeah. to really say some nice yeah. things about him and just yes. to thank him so much for what he's done for our family and everything. So, um, and it was, and he contributed to it being. It was a beautiful wedding. It was a really beautiful day. So it really was. Congratulations, yes, was. Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Sewell. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yay! So yep. happy for them. Yes, yeah. we are. Yes, we, we are. are. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> All wow, right, so um, Father Michael, oh, yeah. we love yeah. you. We love him. We love you. We do. Like, yeah, he's almost going through. Oh no, we're gonna stop it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, hold. Yeah, Bernadette, my wife, my side's going. Oh, Lindsay, is he? She was about to go to Lindsay. Yeah, I, I <laughs> to felt you, like Lindsay. Bernadette. I could feel her presence behind. You know, like <laughs> somewhere in the church. <laughs> 
getting ready of, to get up. Yeah, I had a feeling if I it wasn't me, she would have done it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, no, she, yeah. No. Either that, or, or giving you your signal, bro. Like, yeah. like hey, Lizzie, Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Now, what people need to know is that Bernadette and I are so in sync when it comes to church things. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. Yeah. I am so definitely thinking that you guys are like, um, what's it? Oh, I was supposed to say, um, I can't remember the Star uh, Star Star Trek, um, um, race that has a sort of in, in telepathy. <laughs> oh, like the oh, binars yeah. where they can just read each other's what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Sorry, when it comes sorry, to mass and liturgical <laughs> stuff, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. That's that's so true. Yeah, <laughs> one of us will pick it up and one of us will, will do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So before we continue, um, first of all, yes, we're bantering for a while because we haven't spoken like this in a long time. Yeah. But we if you are, we haven't even seen each other for a long, long time. Yeah. 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 Yep. But if you're um new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, first of all, welcome. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. And please don't forget to give us a five star rating and some positive feedback so that we can reach new people, which is what we are all about. SQPN also hosts all of its shows including the Catholics of Oz on YouTube so just type SQPN on YouTube and you can subscribe there um, hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes of this show and any other shows on the StarQuest network are released and if you listen to the last episode of Catholics of Oz you will find out about all of those wonderful shows and why we think they're worth listening to so Caroline and Lino let's roll on and let's get into Faith Beyond Borders well I'm actually feeling rather good about this I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Oh. Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, uh, Caroline Alito, um, I thought today I would discuss the topic of missionary discipleship. Now, I've mentioned this a few times in previous episodes when I've gone through, you know, plenary council documents, um, and, you know, talking about that. The, the church itself, the, the worldwide church is really moving towards uh, renewing. It's not missionary work is nothing new, right? But is renewing its commitment to its mission. And the mission of the church is, is God's mission, right? God is the mission. We, we didn't invent the mission. Uh, we, you know, we didn't add anything to it. God is the one who has initiated that mission. And we know that through Matthew's gospel, when Jesus says, go out to all the world and baptize all the nations in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, knowing that I'll be with you till the end of time and so on. So we've, um, so we're as baptized, we are on a mission. We're on God's mission. And, uh, and so one of the terms that's been, you know, that gets bandied around, um, an important one is, uh, missionary discipleship. As you know, a disciple is someone who does the work of, you know, of their leader of their, you know, of the one who directs everything. So as disciples of Christ, we share in, in God's mission. And that's a joyful thing. That's not a, it's not a, um, how do I put it, a burdensome obligation that we're asked to take on. It's a mission of joy. It's uh, we've received something great from Jesus, and it's something that we love so much that we want to share it appropriately, obviously. Not we're going to go Bible bashing people or whatever, but it's something that, you know, something that we want to share 
Um, you know, and you could see, for example, you know, how would we go about doing this? Look at the encounters that Jesus had. How did he encounter people? And, and there's, there's a model for us in, in how to do that too. So in my work on looking at missionary discipleship, it's something that I've become, how do I put it? I don't want to say passionate about. It is something I'm passionate about, but it's something that's really come to the forefront of my mind through for a lot of reasons. You know, for you know, my involvement in Take the Way of the Gospel at our parish, the work I'm doing in my master's and trying so desperately hard to finish <laughs> over this weekend, uh, and a few other things. have um, My work in my school, a lot of this um, has led me to really focus on what do we mean by mission? What does it mean to be a missionary disciple? And um, instead of going into some super heavy theology on all of this, I found a great article that was shared with me by um, by a member of the animation team from the um, the Archdiocese of Melbourne when I had a, a catch up with her, a really awesome catch up, by the way. Um, she shared this article with me by um, Lorraine McCarthy from that same animation team. And um, it's a very simple one, and we'll share this link in our show notes. It takes, it even says at the top, it takes seven minutes to read. So there you go. If you've got seven minutes <laughs> to sit down and read, um, it's called Missionary Discipleship, What It Means and Why It Matters. So I thought today I'd just break down a couple of points from this article, and maybe we'll have a, a bit of a chat about it. It's not as long as a plenary council document, so um, so it's not going to, um, you know, you'd have to fall asleep while I read it, guys. Is that all right? Oh, we're falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just we're really, really concentrating yeah. and understanding. Yeah. We were concentrating with Speak our eyes yourself. closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Everyone oh, needs a sister who can tear them down and it's not it's yeah. Yeah. Bring them down a peg. Let you yeah, get yeah. away with that one. Yeah, I love it. All right. So, um, yeah, so the article goes on. Um, to say this, it says, what would it feel like to be part of a parish that is filled with missionary disciples where almost every parishioner has a fire inside them to share the love of Jesus, where people are hungry to be nourished by the word and sacrament, where people are sacrificial in their financial giving and where they serve the community, not to help father, but to joyfully express their co-responsibility for the life and mission of the parish. Sound too good to be true? It is important to dare to dream. The first step to a renewed parish is to having a strong vision of what an actively engaged congregation of missionary disciples might look like. In order to do that, we first need to have a clear idea of what a missionary disciple is and is not. And so the rest of the article will go on to say, well, what does a, what does a missionary disciple look like? And honestly, if I were to summarize it, a, mas- a missionary disciple looks like a practicing Catholic. That's it. <laughs> you know, not, again, it's not going above and beyond and burning yourself out and, and destroying yourself for Jesus, because even God doesn't want that of us. Um, but it's about joyfully, joyfully proclaiming what we've received, um, firstly in our parish setting and then beyond our parish setting as well. Um, and, and how might that look in a practical sense? I would say it looks like a supportive community. You know, what are we, you know, um, we, you know, Jesus uh, taught and healed and helped and, you know, always brought people in, improved the lives of others. He, you know, the people who are on the edges and the peripheries, he brought them into the mainstream, you know, in, in the community. Um, and so I guess one thing we can think about is who are the people in our parishes who might be on the peripheries right now, who come to mass and then sneak away really quickly because maybe they're too afraid to talk to people. Or maybe there's something going on where they don't want to hang around. You know, people who who feel like um, I'm here, but maybe I don't really belong here. Um, who are those people that we can reach out to? Um, do we know the joys and the sufferings of people in our parish? And you know, are we able to do something about it? 
missionary discipleship challenges us to to think um, just as Jesus walked around healing and preaching and, and sharing good news, how can we preach and heal and share good news within our parish setting and then beyond as well? So um, when I say, uh, uh, you know, missionary discipleship is basically being a, a practicing Catholic, let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, it says here, a missionary disciple has been described as someone who has had a trans- transformational encounter with Jesus and has chosen to surrender and follow. And there's a great diagram right there, which you can see it's just got like encounter, surrender, follow, transformation, done, tick. Um, and um, and so what it says is missionary disciple encountered Jesus through a personal experience of the, of the love and presence of God. As a result of the encounter, they chose to say yes to surrender to God's love and God's will for their life. They allowed their entire life to be transformed by this relationship. And I think of Mary as the model of this. I, I always go back to Mary uh, saying yes. Um, what a powerful moment in scripture that is. Uh, how profound that moment really is. Like sometimes we gloss over it. The angel appeared to Mary. Mary said yes. And then you know Jesus was born and everything was better. It's uh, that, that yes, um, you know, to, to say yes to what was being asked of her w- was huge. Because we have to remember... It's not like it's not like someone said, "Mary, can you do me a favor?" And you go, "Yeah, I'll do you a favor." Oh, no worries, no, you know what I mean? Oh no, um, no, no, know, no, no. <laughs> that yes, you know, you know, we can say yes to to being asked favors, no problems. But this yes was an act of faith. All right, then that's that's the difference. It was an act of faith. It was an act of total trust in God. God has asked something of me, and I'm going to say yes to it, not knowing entirely how it's going to work out yet. Okay, but um, but saying yes to it anyway. And, um, and so that, in a sense, is what our transformational yes to, to Jesus is. Now, it says here, so just to demystify this first a little bit, right? It says, you know, a missionary disciple, someone who's had a transformational encounter with Jesus, you know, they've chosen to surrender and follow. Sometimes when you hear this transformational thing, you're wait, you know, people are like waiting for Jesus to appear to them or for something miraculous to happen, uh, to which I say, calm down. Right? That's not the, uh, the, you know, the primary encounters we have with Jesus now are through um, the things that exist here in the world. Let me give you some examples of ways that we encounter Jesus today. The first one is scripture. All right, we have, you know, God's word has been recorded in scripture, the experience of those early followers of Christ um, and how they exper- had a transformational experience with Jesus has been record- you know, recorded in scripture as a confession of faith for us so that we can encounter Jesus in the way that they did and understand Jesus in the way that, de- that they did. The letters, you know, that follow the Gospels, all right, that, um, you know, that they, they articulate this ongoing relationship with Christ. And, and a lot of those people in those letters who wrote those letters um, or, you know, who, um, who are the receivers of, let- of those letters, not all of them experience Christ personally, in, you know, in the flesh. They're experiencing Christ after his, you know, death and resurrection. But they've all had transformational encounters. Again, not because there was some kind of big miracle where Jesus appeared to all of them, right? Jesus appeared to some of them, but not all of them, and said, hey, follow me, all right? It's through the witness of the disciples, the, the, you know, the, the disciples of Christ, and those who went on to be disciples of Christ, you know, missionary disciples following, you know, the, the discipleship of the, you know, of the OGs, of the originals, right? So, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so our encounters with Christ could be through Scripture, for example, Right? We, we see all kinds of things. You know, when Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, you are, you know, you are the light of the world. You know, you are the salt of the earth. You know, um, and I'm paraphrasing that quite badly. But that's addressed directly to his followers, to us. 
All right, so he's giving us qualities of missionary discipleship. And there are so many other ways that Jesus speaks directly to us through scripture. Um, so that's an encounter. Uh, the sacraments are an encounter as well with Christ. You know, the priest acts in, in Christ's place. You know, um, and so we encounter Christ in that way. And I think what we have to realize is that in all of these moments, don't let them go by just as something you've, you know, physical event that you've done, but it's an encounter with Christ in a very powerful way. Uh, I would say um, that nature is an encounter with God. For sure. Why would I say that? Okay, not because I'm a tree-hugging hippie, all right? Um, why, why would I say that? <laughs> um, I say that because, first of all, God is the author of creation. We have to remember that. Not just the planet Earth, but everything. The entire vastness. You know, we've, you know, we've talked about the James Webb Space Telescope and what it's shown us, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. Literally, OMG. You're right. Um, and I think, I think I remember we did an episode and we talked about it, and I said when I saw the images, I thought... And God saw that it was good. You know what I mean? God, the encounter with God in nature, uh, you know, in the natural world, is is there that the nature is a sign of God's presence with us. All right. Don't now, you think? Yeah. Sorry to jump in, Go but on. like, don't you think when you see um, images of space, like especially like when there's energy coming out mm. of something, yeah. like you know, there's been a star explosion, or there's a neutron star with all this stuff yeah. coming out of it, or the sun. For me, it's like God, some of his energy, like his creative yeah. energy, his, yep. his energy, like it's just, can't help it, he can't contain it, it's just yeah. all there, you yeah. know, it's all coming out. That's that's what I get anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. The, heavens, the heavens are telling the yeah. glory of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's we see that in like scripture. Power yeah. and energy, yeah. you know. Yeah. All on a creation grand, dances with joy. Space. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're just little, but then space is like, there's more love out there, just mm. more example of it out there as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is why this is a faith and science podcast, by the way, too. Yes. Because, yeah. we're, you know, again, we're, we're, we're talking about the wonders of God in, in the natural world, which science uncovers, yeah. you know, for us. Yeah. You know, um, it's all evidence out there you yeah. can see it yeah. yeah so this awe that's brought on by nature um you know is also a sign of god's presence and there's so many other signs as well <laughs> you know um many. We've, yeah, yeah many we've talked about artworks for example yeah, yeah. Uh, art, uh, religious artworks yeah. in a way yeah. are a translation of someone's faith into yeah. into imagery just mm. like scripture is is a writing of someone's faith into words so there are so many ways that we encounter god and these encounters these are what's transformational and what uh, I want to emphasize is that transformation is ongoing. We're not transformed once by God. It is ongoing. And if you think, um, what was my relationship like with God 10 years ago? What was it like 10 exactly. years before that? Ten, what was yeah. it like 10 years before that? We're getting to children now. But the point I'm saying is, if you can see how your understanding of God grows over time, there's the evidence of that transformation. You can't see it in the here and now always. But you, if you look back over the course of your life, you, you actually see the transformation that's happened and is, and is still happening. Uh, and that transformation goes beyond death as well. And we can talk about that another time. We can talk about the <laughs> yes. theosis, the big word theosis, beautiful word. All right. Wow. But, but God, is, God is gracing us all the way through our life with this transformational thing. So what I want to get across is um, sometimes people waiting for, waiting for something to happen, something big, some sign. Um, and I would say, all right. Yeah, maybe you'll get that, but stop waiting for it. <laughs> All right, you're, you know, you, um, it started when you were baptized. So, so get going, get into it now, right? <laughs> um, but we we weren't made to sit around waiting for God. You know, we were made to to act for God. 
So that's our missionary discipleship. Um, so let's uh, let's roll on with then. So a person who said yes has had a transformation, um, you know, through God's presence and so on. So what are the characteristics? What what do they do? Now look at this. This is fairly simple. This list, right? It says that missionary disciples um, who have been transformed by their relationship with Jesus, their yes, their surrender, they do things like worship. That is, they give praise to God for you know they thank God for the blessings in their lives. They participate in sacraments. They um, they attend mass and so on. So uh, worship is this uh, coming to God, all right, coming back to God all the time. And yeah, you know, and we'll do that. Like I said, by thanking God, by participating in sacraments, by attending mass, you know, where and when we can, all those kinds of things. They pray, all right, and prayer is simply talking to God. Um, you know, it's it's that that's that time that we put aside. Um, and when when I say time, the other thing is don't think that you have to keep a log of how many hours you've prayed in a day or how many minutes. Um, think about it like this: you know, the attention that you give to people um, in your life is the um, is the value of the relationship that you have with them. If that makes sense, all right. I value my relationship with you, which is why I want to talk to you, which is why I want to be you know in your presence, you know. And playing with your pets, Caroline, or you know, or, Lino, or playing board games, Lino, whatever it might be. But I value that time. You know what I mean? It's you know, I look forward to that. Yeah, because it's relationship building, and um, you know, it's a sign of how you know how close we are, and and how important that our presence with each other is. And that's what prayer is too. It's a sign of the importance of of um of God's presence with us. And so we spend time talking to God. And you can recite prayers. We have lots. You know, the the Our Father, I think, is probably one of the greatest prayers we've been given to recite. Um, and, and, you know, we've got our traditional Hail Marys and Glory Bees, all that kind of stuff, rosaries, novenas, there's all that kind of stuff that you can draw on. Different saints over the eras have given us different ways that they've prayed that we can follow in their footsteps. Or you can put all that aside and simply talk to God. All right. Make a sign of a cross, grab a cup of tea, and talk to God. Simple as that. All right. Um, remember that there isn't a complex way to get to God. God is already here. And God is just waiting for us to, you know, to talk. So, um, so um, our prayer life is obviously very important because it grows that, um, that possibility of transformation over and over again. Service is the next one. And this is about looking for opportunity to, to help other people, both within our Christian communities and outside of it. And I talked about this briefly before already. But missionary disciples want to do whatever they can to assist the proper functioning of parish life and the care of those within it, and also beyond the parish life as well. So, um, so providing generous service where they can. Um, missionary disciples give as well. So that includes things like, um, let's go with the most basic thing, our sacrificial giving at church. All right. So um, we, you know, we, uh, we all make a sacrifice um, of, what we can, of what we can reasonably afford because obviously you, you have to pay your house and you can't have your family starving. That's not what we're being asked to do, right? To, it's not a burdensome giving. Uh, th- but the idea is that we sacrifice something that we, decide ourselves as appropriate that, um, that we give at mass and people have different systems. Some people use tithing. Some people use this, use that. There's no rule, right? You, you decide what reasonably can be given to support your community at mass. Um, and, and, you know, there are times probably when you can't give, which is fair enough too. there, you know, circumstances can be that hard. Um, but there's other kinds of giving too, obviously giving of yourself. Um, how can I serve in my, in my parish today? Maybe I can put my hand up to volunteer to, to read, 
or to be a collector or to greet people at the front door or to make tea and coffee after mass for people to you know gather around so so many ways that we can that we can serve and again simple just simple stuff right not things that take hours and hours to plan and prepare but but really simple service that helps um so uh and, and giving yes obviously so learning is the other thing i've already talked about um reading scripture and you know finding opportunities to to learn and there are great ways you can do that um there may be a seminar that comes up there may be a something else um there are lots of great courses online um there are lots of articles like the one i'm reading on melbourne catholic um that takes seven minutes to read you could just do seven minutes of reading and learn that way find a good book um you might want to find, um, you know, there are popular works and then there are, you know, heavy theological works, right? So popular works tend to be, um, you know, well-known speakers, writers, priests, bishops, you know, lay people, whatever else, who produce books which are really good um, guides to faith um, and explain the church and explain beliefs which are really good. And if you want to cross the threshold and get into things that are a bit more technical, you could pick up some introductions to theologies and introductions to, you know, the Old and New Testaments and things like that. And just see how far that goes. So, I mean, that's that's the comfort of the person too. Um, so, there there are ways to learn our faith that way. Missionary disciples disciples also discern, and um, and what that means is uh, is basically um, coming back to where does God want me want me to serve, and how does God want me to serve, and that comes through our prayer life. And I guess I guess it, um, one way to put it, there are a couple of ways, right? Sometimes you can get this welling sense of there's a need here. Does God want me to be involved in this? Or sometimes it's simply just seeing a need uh, and it might be an immediate need or it might be a, a, an ongoing need that uh, where something needs to be done. And so, um, and so discerning is taking that to God in prayer and saying, um, do you want me to be involved? And how do you want me to be involved? And who else do you want to be involved with me as well? Because um, the thing is, we have to keep in mind that when we discern, it's not about is it all up to us to save the day? All right, but it's about who who else um, does God have that, that's equipped to it to help us do this, whatever it might be. Um, Mary so McKillop is like yep. trying to work as a team. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, you know, absolutely. Try not yep. to do it alone, and it's yep. great. Yeah, to have support yep. and, and and people around you. Yeah, yeah, as much as possible. Never carry a project on your own in a parish. <laughs> have other people with you too. <laughs> yeah, but, and the, I, yeah. for two reasons. One, because um, most of the stuff we do is voluntary, and we'll burn out. Okay. I'm putting my hand up because I've done it before, right? Uh, but the second thing is the people you bring with you will be formed along the way, which is so powerful for them, right? And so powerful for you too. I mean, so much better to work with other people, to collaborate with others on, on, on things like this. Um, so the other thing is also fellowship, all right? So sharing in the life with, um, you know, with fellow disciples in the community, with, with everyone, um, so fellowship is two things that the growing of support, um, uh, you know, for, uh, of each other within the parish, but then also the ability for the parish to reach out to the rest of the world. Um, and lastly, missionary disciples are fruitful. And what it says here basically is they exhibit the fruits of the spirit as described in Galatians, where, um, it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Pardon me, and self-control. Missionary disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit, and their faces and lives radiate this reality. So, um, so as a um, as a final bit here, uh, it says that missionary discipleship is not unconscious or accidental, and it's not something we inherit or culturally acquire. It's more than following religious rules. It's more than attending Sunday mass. It's more than just simply being good. 
it's not a transactional relationship with a judgmental God. You know, I'll do this and then God won't punish me for that. Missionary discipleship requires a deliberate decision to follow Jesus as a disciple in the midst of his church. Missionary discipleship, and this is only half the article. I'm not going to go through the second half because there's more, right? But missionary discipleship is um, being like Mary and saying yes through faith to God for whatever God has in store for us, um, you know, to participate in that way. Um, there's more in the article. I won't, I won't go through the rest of it. However, it's worth having a look at. And these are, it's got some misconceptions and why they matter. So there are misconceptions like we are all disciples, um, and that depends, right, on if a person has, has said yes or not, because you can, go, you can receive all the sacraments and go through all the process, but not have had a transformational uh, encounter with Christ yet. So, um, so it's important to support people in, in that. Um, making disciples and forming disciples are two different things. Um, that need, they're, they're not the same. That's another myth. Again, I won't go through it in a lot of detail. Busyness is fruitfulness. It's not. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, so being super busy and burning yourself out in a parish setting is not fruitfulness. Um, but also a parish having, you know, a dozen programs which are all great um, is not good either because it will dilute. How does a person know which thing to go to? So um, have a, a less is more approach. Um, and the good thing about less is more is you bring more people together as well, which is really important in a, in a parish setting. Um, expect too much and, uh, and uh, people will leave. Uh, and so, um, so sometimes people have misconceptions about what's, uh, what's expected of them in a parish setting. And if we do put too much on people, if we, uh, if we say, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you need to do more, more missionary discipleship, that actually works against it. Um, and also, and, and this, this last one's good, a priest's role is to keep parishioners happy. And uh, what it talks about here is that how um, uh, parishioners expect a, a parish to be in a certain way and never change. The, and so they, uh, it, says, it says there, are you a consumer or are you a disciple? A consumer goes from parish to parish till they find it exactly the way that they want it to be and they don't want anything to change. And they're happy for the parish to stay that way and within 10, 20 years for that parish to die because it hasn't renewed. It hasn't grown. It hasn't got missionary discipleship as its focus. It's got the priest keeping the people happy as the focus. And that is bad for a priest because a priest will burn themselves out if what they try and do is make people happy at the expense of missionary discipleship. All right. So the article is great. I recommend it. It took me more than seven minutes to go through it, but I promise it's only seven minute read. Caroline, any thoughts on, on missionary discipleship as this article described? Yeah, I mean... For me personally, if I mean, I can't do much in my parish and I'm not making an excuse, but it's really because I have two rambunctious, time consuming <laughs> boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like I've always thought, oh, maybe I can read. But, you know, if I go up and read, mommy, it'll be like, I'm not going to read anything, okay? And they'll be fighting in the pew. Like, I spend most of my time just trying to get through mass, right? (laughs) So, I mean, I find that my missionary kind of work would be outside the parish. So, it's more like when you have parishioners who find you on Facebook and want to message you and you're like, okay, all right, let's, you know, let's have this chat, let's talk. Um, and they're like, I need support. Can you help me? Okay. You know, and, and it's just as simple as answering a message or something like that. Um, 
my arms giving like in church or, you know, the sacrificial is usually just the coins in my purse and I'll be like, you know, here you go boys because they want to take part. So I give them, you know, whatever's in my wallet and I just yeah, give definitely. it to them or whatever happens to be there is, you know. So I, I think my approach is more like no pressure, keep it simple. And usually I find that you don't actually have to go looking for what shall I do. It comes to you. Yes, definitely. And you may not yeah. necessarily want to do it. You're like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, I can't believe this person is coming to my door and talking. But it's like, you know, this person knows where you live and came to your door because for a reason. And so you let them in and you talk to them and, you you know, and that's happened a few times to me, or like I mentioned on the messenger, on the Facebook messenger. So like, it's not hard to do these things. So I don't think you need to necessarily, if you can't like always go out of your way to like, you know, you guys are very involved in the parish and I'd love to do stuff like that, but my life situation doesn't allow me right yeah, now yep. to do that. So I, other ways do present themselves to me, present them to make my they come to me <laughs> and and I take yeah. those opportunities so like I'm a more of yeah like I said more of a keep it simple and no pressure kind of you know and and on the topic of prayer like yes in my life I do have like um you know prayers for example like the Div- divine mercy like I like to pray in the morning because it sets my day up but then there's other times like you know, this winter's been really hard and you can't always stay just home and try to recover. You have stuff to do. Like you've got to go out and do things. You know, you've got appointments, you've got whatever there is. And my prayer sometimes in the morning was just, I look up and I say, God, help me. And mm. it's the most sincere prayer. Yep. Yep. And it is the most faith-connecting prayer to me. And wow, God actually helps me that day because yeah. I have sincerely asked for help, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be hours of prayer. And, you know, it's like Jesus said, don't have to stay, you know, sit there and pray for hours and just go ramble, ramble, ramble praying, you know. God doesn't necessarily want that. He wants, no. He no. wants mm-hmm. a direct prayer from you, a faith-filled, honest mm. prayer from you. And, like, yeah. So it could just be simply God help me and, you know, and, you know, that's just my experience anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and it could even be, you're right. And it could even be as simple as God today, I say yes to whatever you bring my way. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say uh, on the point of, you know, um, you know, being busy with your kids at church and whatever, remember that bringing our kids to church is missionary discipleship Yeah, it, in itself. It's and again, it, no, <laughs> it can, and it can be hard, but it's simple as well because, you know, it, it, yeah. it sounds like a very simple thing. You know, all I do is put my kids in the car and make them sit with me, but it's a whole lot more than that because they're seeing what we do at mass. You know, they're, they're having the opportunity to, to give that you give them as well. And that giving is important because they're learning to give to their community, but they're learning that it's okay to give outside the walls of the church too. So that, you know, that that's blessed work that you're doing right there. And I'm sure that there are a lot of parents who can relate to exactly what you're saying, Caroline, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and that comes back to that one of those busting, one of those myths that, you know, sometimes we demand too much of people. And, yeah, and so, um, so sometimes, you know, people will, you know, people will, will give and do, I should say, to the point of what they're capable of. And mm. that's what God asks. You know, again, God does not want us to break ourselves in order to follow what he wants us to do. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't break himself. I mean, apart from being crucified, but that's for a di- that's a different context, right? But in terms of his ministry, 
in modeling for us what we should do, you know, he wasn't breaking himself and burning himself out uh, in order to advance the gospel. He was encountering people where, you know, where the opportunity came up, just like you said, where people message you on, you know, through Facebook, whatever else, Caroline. It's it's so true. Yeah, they'll people, come and yeah. find you. It yeah, comes they will and come find and find you. you. They will <laughs> come and right. find you. Yeah, yeah it's so and true. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's lovely. But, no. you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't feel well and I have mm. to talk to this person yeah. or whatever. But, I but mean, the fact that's, that, that's what we do. Yeah, but the fact that people can seek you out and that they've mm. chosen you as the person that they want to talk to, yeah. that says something about missionary discipleship too, doesn't it? It means, means that they've seen something in you. That's what we have to realize as well. Like if someone reaches out to us, they've seen something in us. Um, and it can be hard because people reach out at really inconvenient times. Um, and sometimes people want to talk for two hours that you don't have, which is also very hard. Trust me, you know what I'm talking about too. But um, but the thing is, but the thing is, you know, at, at least you know they've recognised that there is something Christian in our character that um that they can seek God through us, and that's really powerful too. Yeah, Lino, any thoughts? Yeah, any thoughts, Lino? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand from Caroline's perspective. Um, uh, person, I was from the view from a view from her. You know, um, it's it's sometimes hard being a missionary, and I, I, I when I was very young, like it's uh, telling Lizzie, go back way back when you think about when did you start your missionary work? <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> I definitely didn't do it while I was in high school. I can tell you that that was just <laughs> crazy. There's a time, sorry, Caroline, <laughs> that was, it was crazy. It was crazy those 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 years, but um, I think it was more when I um. I had a question. What am I doing with my life? And that's mm. always that's the biggest question in the universe. Yeah, as is your, you know. Um, and then you know, and I, and I sought God in different ways. And um, the biggest one was YFC. Mm. That really opened my um uh, spirituality. That's youth and through Christ for anyone who's not sure about that. Yep, go on. Yes, yep. sorry, yeah, youth <laughs> yep. through Christ. And then and the youth group. Um, yep. being in the youth group and everything like that. And um, my my parents they they helped me in, in their little way. Of, mm. of of going mass and understanding the mass, um, and also you guys and everyone else surrounded surrounded who surrounded me with um and you know, love and um support with, with with everything I I tried to understand with my faith and everything. And look, you know, being a missionary is um it's not easy. I can only I'm just saying from the past and everything like that. It's it's hard. It is hard, but with the love and support with God. And with people around you, um, it it can it can be a a, a much um a what easier journey journey mm. through it. And um, I, sometimes if it comes for myself, I, I get chosen. That's I right. Get cho- <laughs> I That's get right. chosen. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay, you do collection. Do you do? Can you do? Um, organize this and that. Mm. And I definitely yeah, the say offer yes. tree. I always get pulled up for offer tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and the two boys, you and yeah. the two boys. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Parish life, parish life. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I, I've never said no. And as I do, I, I must admit, one time I'm going to say one time. In the, one of the parishioners did ask me, "Would you like to be a, a, a disciple for washing the feet?" And I said to him, "Um." Yes and no. <laughs> yes, I would like to. No, because I would like you to ask one of the youth mm, good. To, um, to be part yeah, of good. the um, thing. 
propaganda. Yep. Yeah. I don't know yep. if I told you this, Lizzie. This no, is, I don't know. Uh, this one, no. This no. is yep. <laughs> very yeah. long ago. I think it was very yeah. long ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, said, oh, you, you know, the appreciation got... Those young people having their feet washed. Yeah. Okay. We've broken a lot of barriers in our parish over the decades. Yeah. We love everyone there. Like you said, Lizzie, about um, you know, that going to parishes. If you want a certain parish to be the way you want it, you know, the way you want the structure and all the way everything like that. Yes, you can try to find one, but in this day and age. Churches and the way the mass is, it, they are changing in a way. But you know yeah. what I mean. I mean like, yeah. Definitely the prayers, all the structures, in a sense, are still there. But we are introducing new things that there, are, there is a purpose for it. It's not we're not going to re- revolutionize the way we do our missionary, um, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. It's just the way that we want to try to connect with other people, um, especially with the youth, with other people, um, that. You know, who, who are new to the parish? You know, look, maybe bringing them in. You know, I'm I'm maybe going a bit of a tangent and trying to get a bit and just under, trying to explain a bit more about missionary work in what in this kind of era we have we have now. But um, yeah, I just for me, it's yeah, it's been a journey, and um, you know, I'm going to say it right now. It's like if I didn't have my faith in God, I wouldn't know where our world will be. Uh, I would not. I'll be lost. Yeah, that's that's just 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 for me. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I would be. Yeah. No, no. Thank you for that. And you know that thing you said about bringing other people in, and then how and we've had, look, we have had. I'm not criticizing you, but we have had a few people who are suspicious of young people come and go. That happens, <laughs> right? But let me say this about let, let let me say this about young people and bringing people in, right? So up until Alexander was born, um, I was running the youth group at our parish. I ran it for five years, right? Um, so. I got a handful of young people who were willing to come in, and these were like families that we knew who, you know, who wanted a youth group. So thank God we had them as a foundation, right? And they started inviting their friends to come, and their friends were not parishioners, and some of their friends weren't even going to church. They were friends from school. So they were doing more missionary discipleship at the time than some of the people who are complaining about young people <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, you know. So just perspective, perspective, right? You know, and again, it's not again, it's not to criticize anyone in my parish, right? Because I understand that sometimes we can be a little bit suspicious of young people for because of the cliches that exist and the good old reasons that have been around. You know, they do this, they do that. I, but the thing is, um, I think there is an example in the way that young people make friends and and go and do things together, like go to a youth group go to a concert, go to a, you know, go to the movies, whatever. The way that they they make friends easily and they go and do things together, there's something in that model for the rest of us to pay attention to as well. All right. Now, it's a lot harder for an adult to say, hey, come to church with me, but, you know, but there are other things as well. Like there are other things you can do too. But anyway, I'll, we'll leave it at that because um, we want to get onto some science now. But if anyone, <laughs> anyone who's listening, if you want to, uh, if you have any comments about anything we've said about missionary discipleship, we want to learn and we want to hear you. So please um, share your thoughts as well. But uh, Caroline, let's move on now. And let's, let's talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. Science. 
favourites. So, uh, Caroline, um, you warned us that today's science segment would be a little bit buggy. Now, yes. I, feel like there are, I feel like there are two meanings going on there. So, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Why don't you tell us what's going on with, um, in the world of science, in your world? Very buggy. Very buggy. <laughs> so, <laughs> first topic I would like. Now, not everyone is going to enjoy this topic, but I'm going to try and bring a different light to things like I, I always do with science. So, an extinct cockroach has been rediscovered. Ooh. Okay. I know cockroaches are not you know, top on the list for favourite insects, but <laughs> yeah. they're, they're kind of things that we don't like to discover in our houses usually, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I will get to that. I will yeah. get to that. <laughs> so this is the Lord Howe Island wood-eating cockroach. So it is not your everyday little cockroach that you find in the kitchen and want to squish, okay? <laughs> so it's a wingless wood-eating cockroach named Panacea lata. Previous thought to be extinct has recently been rediscovered. It was last seen about 80 years ago. So they thought it was not there. It's a wingless cockroach and mm-hmm. it's 22 to 40 millimetres long. It has a metallic body colour that varies from reddish to black. And Australia hosts 11 species of this cockroach. And they are powerful burrowers that live inside and feed on rotten logs in the rainforest and open forest in coastal northern and eastern Australia. This particular cockroach is unique to Lord Howe Island, which is about 700 kilometres northeast of Sydney or the mid-north coast of New South Wales. It was once widespread across the archipelago. Um, This native cockroach was thought to have become extinct on the main island of the Lord Howe Island archipelago in 1918 when rats arrived. And, of course, who bought the rats? The people. So, (laughs) (laughs) as always. (laughs) Now, um, researchers at the University of Sydney, made up of honours student Maxim Adams and evolutionary biologist Nathan Lowe, actually went, as part of their project, went to Lord Howe Island to conduct a survey to confirm the extinction of this cockroach. And with successful rodent eradication program having been undertaken in 2019, they were examining the possibility of reintroducing this native cockroach back to Lord Howe Island. So they just thought, we're going here, we're not going to find any, but we'll just see, you know, if the environment's still good, mm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's a habitat that they will enjoy, still be able to live, and we'll just breed these up and, you know, We'll, we can find different, you know, not exactly that cockroach, but something that can take the role of the cockroach that was there before. Mr. Adams went ahead to Lord Howe Island, along with Nicholas Carla from the Department of Planning and Environment. Now, they went, rock, went hunting, so they just went to have a look. They're turning over some rocks, and it turns out one of the very first rocks they turned over is where they unexpectedly found this species of cockroach. Oh, wow. It was actually a whole family of them. Oh, it's first it rock. Was, That's, yeah. They're, they're just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they were very, very surprised, very oh, shocked. Dancing for joy, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, for an entomologist, there's somebody who, you know, or somebody who's studying this kind of thing, it's a bit, yeah. it's amazing. So, it's ama- yeah. yeah, I mean, like someone looking at the stars, they found something. Well, at least they're looking at the ground. It's, it's, it's a bit. <laughs> So similar, but not the same, but similar. It was under a banyan tree, which is the species name is Ficus macrophylla, and it's a large evergreen native fig that's found in the area. 
Entomologists had been looking for this particular cockroach for decades but haven't found any, so that's why it was thought to be extinct. Now, they performed DNA studies on the cockroach and they did confirm that they are a genetically distinct group from other cockroaches found nearby. So there are other types of cockroaches that are very similar, but this is the particularly distinct species due to their DNA. So it seems that this population managed to survive over time and become this distinct population. Mm. The survival of the population has been compared to Darwin's finches, so where their separation from other populations allowed them to develop their own genetics and adapt perfectly to their environment. So if with Darwin, when he went to the Galapagos Islands and there were finches with different shapes and sizes of beaks and they were all like, one was eating nuts, one was eating insects, you know, for example, and they they managed to, wow. they were similar but not the same because they, they uh, changed over time through genetics, through mutations to be able to you know, inhabit a particular environment and to, you know, adapt to a certain food source so their population could live. So it's a similar kind of thing. But why should we care about these cockroaches? Like, seriously, why should we care about them? That's a great question, (laughs) Caroline. You haven't got to that part yet. (laughs) So here, so let me tell you what Professor Lowe said. He said that the native wood-eating cockroaches play an important environmental role. Now, it's important environmental, um, you know, to be environmentally aware, you know, understand nature a bit more. So they are incredibly important nutrient recyclers, ecosystem engineers, and as a food source for other species. Um, He said, like, we're not rats necessarily because they don't want the rats there, but lizards and other native species. He said that the species also deserved a better rap than common street roaches not those you know the ones that we we talked about in our cockroaches they are not not like that, um, that vermin they look they look a bit different too uh, yeah. it doesn't smell it doesn't run quickly it's not oh, scary yeah, it's smell sorry yeah. about yeah. that yeah i forgot yeah. about that <laughs> and they skimper you know they scamper away these ones don't do that it's actually quite charismatic (laughs) you can hold it in your hand he said and they're quite actually cute little things if you're an insect lover Mm. um (laughs) it just hangs (laughs) i may be an insect lover you you guys know that already we know you Um, are yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i'll come to that later as well Um, (laughs) it just hangs out in the forest it doesn't go into people's houses it just Hangs out in the forest, recycling wood and leaf litter to keep the forest healthy. That's why we're interested in it, because it was so abundant before the rats wiped it out. Mm-hmm. We figured it was probably playing a pretty important ecological role on the island, also acting as food for a number of the bird and reptile species out there. And he said there was still so much to learn. So that's why it is important <laughs> that we found these cockroaches. Wow. Every single little creature that God has made has an important role in the environment. Once you remove one, there's something, you know, that's not being done. For example, these cockroaches break down wood and, and recycle mm. nutrients. So they were worried that this role wasn't being played and so they were trying to fill the gap. But 
they're already there. So I assume that probably the next steps would be trying to breed them up and spread them around yeah. the place, you know. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, awesome, I just awesome, thought that was awesome. a cute little cockroach story. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> um, the one question yeah. I'll have for God one day when, you know, when this life mm-hmm. is over is mis- mosquitoes, <laughs> really? Mosquitoes? You could, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can take, I your, I can take your recycling beetles. I'm cool with that. You know, with your cockroaches, sorry. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but you got to explain mosquitoes to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Caroline, yeah, these yeah. poor things. I was thinking, oh, they're yeah. hard workers, but also um, food for other people. <laughs> no, I'm going to think positively. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hard everybody's food for somebody in the, in the natural <laughs> yeah. world, unfortunately. That's, right. oh, That's just so, how it is. I know. It just feels <laughs> like we're lucky we're bad. at the top yeah. of the food chain. Well, yeah, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Aren't we I all just food for something? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> keeping with the insect thing. We're, we are. We're being, uh, yeah. Except, cool, yeah, cool. we hope not to be food for someone, like, maybe in, or, yeah. in or the, anything, you know, yeah. out there in Africa for lions and yeah. hippopotamus and crocodiles. <laughs> I mean, the Northern Territory crocodile. Anyway, I can think Didn't of examples. did this science topic just get really that. dark? Wow. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right. Back to cute cockroaches. Like, it's <laughs> nature. Okay, it's nature. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But it's great to see they're doing very so, well. Yes. These I mean, they are cute. Yeah. Um, you know, I have stick insects, which I'm going to talk about a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can actually buy native cockroaches and have them as a pet. Like you can wow. raise them. Mm. They're, there's some cool. that are really big, like really huge big Whoa. ones. They're, but they're yeah, kind of just prehistoric looking. They're not those horrible yeah. ones with like and big antennae Ugh. and scampering Ugh. around and, you know, running yeah. off with your sandwich. That's not the kind of <laughs> cockroach. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so I really wanted to do a little update to on my stick insect family. Yeah. Um, I spoke about first getting a spiny leaf insect. Um, well, I got it in July last year and I did an episode. Wow. So that's so long ago. Yes, spiny you did. leaf yep. insect. Yeah. Yes. Now it is a form of stick insect, but it looks like dried leaves. It's brown. It's you know, it's kind of you. You. It looks if you put it in the leaf litter, you won't be able to see it, obviously, because it's camouflage. Well, so the one I had, she was a girl, and unfortunately, she passed away not that long ago. So she oh. lived for quite a while, which is a normal lifespan. They live for about a year and a half, and she yep. wasn't very small when I got her. So she she lived a good life. For a little while, she had a male friend, and they were very friendly and I have some <laughs> eggs from them, right? Yeah. And they laid lots nice. of eggs. And recently, now that the weather's getting a little bit um, better, um, I actually have had these eggs for quite a few months now and they've all of a sudden started hatching, which yeah. I'm so excited about. Awesome. And I have very many now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very many I saw tiny it's little spiny leaf insects. Yeah. yeah so um, oh, wow. you're getting one, you're getting one <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> they are actually really cute nice. yeah they are actually cool so yes now because they were you know they have genetically both the male and the female there will be males and females in these eggs the female actually can reproduce by herself it's a survival thing but they wow. be clones of the mother Yep. Oh but my goodness I'm me. expecting wow. little boys and girls in this little population. So wow. Really wow. And I think I spoke about in that podcast to you how 
when they are born, because when, uh, I'll start again, when the eggs are laid, they drop to the ground. So these stick insects will live in the trees, in the gum trees. The eggs will drop to the ground and there's a particular species of ant, little black ant with a red head, that will get their eggs and take them down to their burrow and each egg has like a little sugar cap on top. The ant will eat the sugar cap and dispose of the rest of the egg. Now, the egg will stay in a nice warm environment down in the ant burrow, and then the stick insect will hatch. And guess what it looks like when it hatches? That little ant. It looks like a little black ant with a red head. And now Ah. I can confirm that because I actually see them, and they walk around like little ants. They're very fast. And what they do is they work their way up through the burrow and up through a tree, and then they they you know, start looking more like a spiny leaf insect. And I can confirm that because I'm seeing it for myself. Wow. really exciting. So, yes. So if you go back in time, I can't remember, sorry, what episode number it was. Oh, so I can jump in there. Um, Okay. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, if you use our Let Science Sister Show, which is um, these segments, it's episode nine. So I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. There you go. And you can hear all about them in that. Um, episode. So, wow. um, yes. And I have another group of eggs that have hatched too. They're called a crown stick insect. It's a very, it's just a normal kind of looking <laughs> stick insect. <laughs> I guess. If you look up crown insect, stick insect, you'll be able to see. And they have started hatching too, which oh, is wow, awesome. Oh, wow, Caroline. And now I am waiting <laughs> for another group of um, uh, insects to hatch, which are my leaf insects, which they mm. are not a stick insect. They're leaf insects. They look like a green leaf. They're and amazing. I'm just waiting for yeah. I'm waiting for those, and I know everyone's gonna everyone's gonna want <laughs> one of those. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, I thought I'd just yeah, very buggy episode today. Yes. So if you're a friend of Caroline, expect a bug. Just big enough at Christmas yeah. time for everybody yeah. to awesome, get one awesome. or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Caroline's a bigger mum. I don't know if you did talk about this in the previous episode on this, but they're very low maintenance to look after, aren't they? Oh, so low maintenance. You, all you need to do is a jar of water, put, grab a branch or just, you know, a whole branch, but, you know, a, a, a stem of uh, gum leaves, just put it in, like you get a vase of flowers, and you yeah. just put the, um, the leaves in there and just just spritz them with water once a day, and that's it. They're happy to live there. Very Put easy. them in enclosure, yeah, yeah like yeah. A, yeah, yeah. a mesh enclosure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just hours of fun. Like, you wouldn't think so, but I just look at them every day, and I just mm. love them. I, they're just such a cool. unique pet. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And you learn yeah. so wow. much. You just learn. I've learned so much having them and reading about them and, and learning about them. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very wow. cool. um, Thanks for sharing that. Can I just uh, cap off this little science segment with uh, two bits of space news? The first one is um, we, you may recall the capstone mission. So this was the mission that was launched by NASA. It's a a probe the size of a a microwave, basically, um, that was launched by um, Rocket Lab in New Zealand uh, to to go to the moon. And the the, the journey was about three months. uh, And its mission was to go into that, um, that's oh, I forgot the name of the, the the orbit, but anyway, it's like a halo kind of orbit. So it's more oblong shaped than a just a regular orbit of the moon to test the theory um, that the Earth and the Moon's gravity meet at a particular point and can hold an object in a particular orbit. And the the plan for this is that eventually the Gateway Space Station, which will be the the um, 
the platform to go to and from the moon uh, will will go will be built and and go into that orbit. So the good news is Capstone, after a few you know software issues, um, did get on track, did make it to the moon after you know in November as as it was meant to, and it did achieve that orbit that they were hoping that it would. So that's um a, an important Pathfinder mission, and um and yep, and anyone who's a space uh a space nut would already know this, but uh, during the week at time of recording, Artemis one launched it was as amazing as we thought it would be it was so surreal i think it was about the third attempt yeah it was so surreal to watch it take off a lucky one isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yes um absolutely and it was a flawless launch it was just like watching any regular rocket it was amazing mind-blowing i I was still recovering from i still have bit of covid fatigue and i was jumping up and down nothing's (laughs) gonna hold me down i'm just When they resumed the ten minute countdown, it was the most exciting ten minutes. Yeah, well, yeah. the yeah. actual countdown. I was about yeah. to go. Oh, all right, it's not happening. Yet. And then you, yeah, I it's going to get scrubbed. And, they yeah. did. They restarted yeah, the count. Yeah, they uh, did the yeah. go no go poll, and yeah, and everyone's like, "Yep, go for launch, go for launch," and everything. Um, cool. Yeah, so cool. it was it was amazing. So thank you, NASA. Thank you, United States, for getting us excited about space as well. I know. And, um, <laughs> and and uh, and how historic this mission is cannot be understated. This is. The Pathfinder that returns humanity to the moon by about the Artemis Three mission, and the moon will eventually be populated by humans and be used to launch to Mars and beyond in our solar system as well. So, this is this is huge. Like uh, I can't uh, I can't overestimate how huge this launch and the success of this launch was. So it will be. There is so much oh, more to wow. come. Yeah, I can't wait for um, I it it's years off, but it, I just can't wait to see people. Yeah, back on the moon, footage yeah. of people on the yes. moon. I can't. can't and we'll be talking about. This is not done in a yeah. studio, you skeptics out there. You know, this <laughs> no, it's right? real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not in a Hollywood Goodness basement. Me. Yes, yeah, yeah. in a Hollywood basement. Oh, yes. of course. The other, definitely, the other one was real. You know, yeah. well, I'm just They're saying, all, this is real. Yeah. Okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> They're totally, totally all real. Yes, calm down, yeah. oh <laughs> people. Yes, the 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 steps taken, like every single part of. The mission has to go so perfectly well yes. for it all to work, and with the technology they had back then, and mm. you just—it's amazing. It's I mean, amazing. It is. They it, set oh. they set this all in motion back then, you know, and so we're able to go back now and do it. It's just—it's just amazing. It's—it's it's such a privilege to be able to watch it all now. Yeah. Exactly. Really yeah, definitely. This is the first step scan. Yeah. This is first steps. Wow. Wow. And sorry wow, to wow. ruin the science segment on this note, but um, every time I see one of those Apollo launches or now an Artemis launch, I keep thinking it's been a long road. Oh, Star Trek <laughs> Enterprise. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry. Oh, I can't help it. I can't help it. It pops into my head every time I see a rocket launch. Now, no, I'm sorry if I did that to anyone head, else. Man, now, you know, why you got it to me, man? Yeah. I'm gonna get my song in my head now. Yeah, oh, it's still playing in my head even after. after yeah, let's move on. Oh, All right, sorry, oh, I'm gonna need a new Lego model rocket. They better make an Artemis one. What? Oh, what? yes. Oh, there you go. There you yeah, go. definitely. Oh. I'm sure that will happen. Yep. Yeah. All right. Check out Amazon. Um, Amazon. Yeah. Thanks for that, Caroline. Let's move on and let's uh, talk about entertainment. I don't know. Where you get your delusions, laser brain? This is not what we came here to do. No. It's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? So we are 
a little bit over time. So let's keep this brief. <laughs> in, uh, in 30 seconds, what have we all been uh, watching or doing recently that's uh, been fairly entertaining? Caroline, go. Can I go with doing? Go for okay. it. And I think this involves you. Okay, yep. as well, yeah. because we both got, what did we get? What did we, we both got puppies. get? We, got dogs. we both got a puppy. <laughs> <Pet dogs. laughs> we got one each. Yeah. So the day after Marilyn got wedding, got wedding, got, got married, she put me in a car and she's like, we're getting this puppy because we found it. We found yeah. a puppy. We were looking for one for a while. And my sister's amazing. She's like, get in the car. We're going to get the puppy because she was excited as me. I cool, get cool, this cool, puppy, cool. go home, weekend comes, the Sants come over. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love your puppy. Uh, We're getting a, a puppy. Boy. Yes. <laughs> the weekend, yep. week after I got my puppy, what did you do, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Isabel and I, uh, we got the itch, let's just say. And by yes. the way, I've got to say, people who know puppy me itch, know that. Itch. Yeah. Like, people who know me know that cool, I've cool, said, cool, cool. we are not getting any cats or dogs yeah. in oh, our house. No animals. Uh, so for yeah, like since me. we got married, Isabel and, you know, and I, we, yeah. Yeah, I don't we, know. so we were totally resistant that. to it. Mm. I am still um, speechless, but so yeah. happy that so you went ahead. When, <laughs> when we met Astro, um, it, it set something off in our minds. <laughs> and I just started Googling and looking around at what's possible. And Isabella started Googling around and seeing what's possible. Yeah. And then we both discovered that we were Googling. Yes. Yep. And so we kind of knew it was a bit of a sign. And, um, and so then, then I was asking in the family chat and you and Marilyn were just massive enablers. You were like, yeah, do it. So, um, so we found, uh, we found a two month old, um, Shih Tzu cross terrier and, um, we called her Luna after the moon. Um, and we love her to the moon and back. She's the most beautiful little puppy. If anyone who's got my, uh, who's, who sees me on Facebook, will see a couple of photos of her now. Um, <laughs> I should mention mine is a little black pug. Like a beautiful pug. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, he's a beautiful boy. Puppies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We love Astro. Yeah. So now the, uh, the next thing will be getting the two of them to meet and become friends. We yes. want them to, we want them to be cousins. <laughs> right after we got our puppies, we got, we were going to meet and then we got. Then we got COVID. Yeah. COVID is dead. We're still trying to get them to meet. But yes, that's my entertainment. That's all I want to talk about. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll combine mine with yours and leave it at that then for now. Yes, okay, cool. Um, Lena, anything you you want to add for our entertainment segment? Yep, very quickly. So we finished watching The Expanse um, last night. Awesome. Awesome series. Yep, awesome series. And I definitely have been another seasons coming soon. I hope so, one day. There's another storyline. Um. We what was another? We finished um, Jack Ryan, so the second season oh, of yes. that. I'll probably Bernie loved it while I was watching with it, and it's there's really a third different. season in December, isn't there? It's coming yes, soon. on Amazon. Yeah, yeah so, looking forward to that. Yeah, yes, look, yep. and uh, that's a cool one. Um, and we <laughs> we just watched um, the whole season of Blockbuster, which is based on the um, good old video store. Oh, it, cool. It, it, yeah, it it's the same creators of Brooklyn Nine Nine. At times, oh. I just. It feel it feel it feels Brooklyn Nine Nine ish. Yeah, it's the um, what's that? I didn't the know about actor, this one. Yeah, the actress from um Brooklyn Nine Nine played Amy. That's She's right. Yeah. yeah, She's in it. So tell me, because I, I watched the first episode and it didn't grab me. So should I keep you? going? Should I keep, keep going? Keep on going. Keep okay, on going. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, uh, yeah. I don't know. But then okay. you know what? I had I had COVID and I was looking for something to watch and I was miserable. <laughs> so maybe that added to hey. it. Yeah. All, all right. good. All good. Yeah. So you Kill think it? I should keep Kill going and have a have a go at it? Give it a go. Give it a go. I, okay. I think at the first one we were just like, oh, this is too Brooklyn Nine Nine. But as yeah. he wants to get all the characters, blah blah blah, 
Yeah, because I like the yeah, concept of fun. there being, you know, it's the yes. last blockbuster in America, and they're trying. Yeah, like, I like the concept, the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the of world. All yeah, the world, yeah. I think yeah, it's the last blockbuster. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think I, was, I re, I'm still rewatching our Vikings. So I ah, cool. wanted to rewatch it because I want to watch Vikings Valhalla. We always wanted to watch it when it was back on SBS. Yes, ten yep. years ago. So <laughs> that was so long ago. But um, yeah, yeah. Besides that, um, I haven't seen anything in the cinemas yet. But I'm looking forward. There's two movies coming out. Um. Wakanda Forever, so that's yes. Black Panther 2. Yeah, coming soon. Yeah. And Avatar. We'll see how we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Caroline. <laughs> I love that, Caroline. I love that sound. I haven't seen sound. the first one. Yeah. I wasn't interested. Oh, yeah, okay, let me it? say this. Yeah, the Avatar films, right, the first one, yeah, yeah. it looked spectacular, all right? It was but a the, feast for yeah, the eyes, like it amazing. Was, but then, yeah, when it came out, right? Uh, yeah. Storyline wise, it was mm. it was feeling pretty predictable. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. It was that. a bit. It was a bit. Yeah, yeah. But at yeah, least, yeah. at least, yeah. it looked amazing. It was, it was, yeah, um, yeah. Um, it made three D popular for a while as well, didn't it? It was, and I think it, it was yeah. the best thing to watch on Blu Ray when Blu Ray was, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the, right, yeah, the, the thing, the thing. Yeah. Now we have got four K, eight K. Well, anyway, it's all, <laughs> it's all going to yes. go crazy now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for that. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there. We want to thank you all for joining us for episode 87 of The Catholics of Oz and for all of the topics we talked today. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Catholics of Oz. Today, we'd like to thank Julia K, Martin R, Patricia V, Michael A, and Eric M. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for The Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd love to know what you thought. Um, uh, if any thoughts that you have about our episode today, what do you think about missionary discipleship in your parish? What do you think about bugs, <laughs> stick insects? <laughs> uh, what is that? Cockroaches, the good type, the good type. Um, any bugs that you're particularly fond of? Share it with us. I know that Caroline would love to hear of any other, yes. any, any other insect fans out there. Yep. Do you keep any insects of your own? Tell us about it. We'd love to know. You can send us feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz. We can find um, also find the links from today's episode as well. And while you're at the SQPN website, don't forget to sign up to the Insiders Club newsletter to get updates about your favorite shows, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. SQPN has a vibrant Discord community. And uh, I recommend you to go. I love going on there and seeing what people are talking about. And when I find time, I like to talk to people too. You can go to sqpn.com slash discord and sign up there. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, come and join us and come and be part of that community. And uh, the Catholics of Oz has its own Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz. You can join us in discussing our latest episode there. And of course, don't forget that SQPN also has its own socials, facebook.com slash Media at sqpn on Twitter and StarQuest Media on Instagram. Or if you'd like to get um, get a message out to us on good old email, catholicsofoz at sqpn.com. Caroline, it was awesome to have you back on the Catholics thank of Oz. You. Thank I'm you for so being part of today's to show. Back. No, thank you. I, I've been looking forward to coming back and, yes, all ready to go. God willing, I'll stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Leno, thank you also having you back after such a long time. It's good to have you back again. It's been great, guys. It's good to see we're all back together again. Um, once again, thank you, Jerry. We love you, man. And um, look, everyone, take care. Stay well. God bless. Because <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But yep. stay together. Um, God bless. Take care. Thank you. And once again, I'm Lindsay Sand, and thank you for joining us for episode 87 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. 
I don't know why, but I almost said 87%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> COVID brain. Just blame the Yeah, COVID. I don't know. COVID brain. Here's another podcast on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets.